Would you pray with me? Loving and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Getting the message. First of all, happy birthday or happy Mother's Day. Sorry, happy Mother's Day again. There are several reasons to celebrate our mothers and motherhood. And a big one that comes to mind for me is the amazing devotion that many mothers have for their children. Granted, nobody has all the attributes of a perfect mother or a perfect father. And even the ideal mother will sometimes lose their patience. But mothers generally have a unique ability to express an amazing amount of patience and compassion for their children well after others may have reached their limit. For example, mothers can answer the same question over and over and over as their child tries to struggle to understand a new idea. This can be trying at times, but moms seem to find joy in watching the process of discovery unfold for their child. As the mom is peppered with questions which sometimes have no clear answer, she tries to provide the best information she can to help reveal the world as clearly as possible to her child. And when the limit is reached, whether in patience or personal understanding, moms ideally will respond with kindness and gentleness. When our passage today, we see Jesus serving in a kind of paternal role, trying to patiently explain just who he is. Jesus was in the temple during the festival of the dedication, also known as Hanukkah, when other Jews worshiping there asked him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Actually, the question, how long will you keep us in suspense, has other possible interpretations. The original Greek translation of this question is, how long will you take away our life? This is really just an idiom or a, a phrase, another way of saying, how long will you continue to annoy us? They were frustrated because the Messiah was expected by many to lead an overthrow of the occupying Roman Empire and restore Israel to independence and glory among the other nations. It was commonly thought that there would be a military uprising that would conquer the Romans. But this is not how Christ operates. And this is not the way Jesus was working in the world. Jesus was changing the world through love and compassion to the poor and suffering. And it was difficult for many to see how this could possibly result in independence from Rome. Jesus replied to them, I have told you and you do not believe. Now, earlier in the Gospel of John, Jesus made several statements that indicated that he was the one and only Son of God. For example, in chapter 5, Jesus was questioned by the religious authorities because he healed a lame man on the Sabbath and told the man to take up his mat and walk. Jesus told the religious authorities that had questioned him that the works that he had performed served as a witness to the statement that he was the Son of God, and that God had sent him. This was a very direct way of saying that he was the Messiah. Also, a little later in chapter 8, 
Jesus foretold of his crucifixion and resurrection and told his listeners that he would be recognized as the Son of God when he was one day lifted up on the cross. Again, in this passage, he clearly states that he is not from this world, but is from heaven. And they couldn't understand him. So after telling the other Jews that he was the Son of God several times before, Jesus appears to be losing his patience somewhat in the temple with the temple worshipers who were continuing to ask the same questions over and over. Who are you? Jesus explained that his works testified to the truth of who he is. And he was telling them, but they couldn't understand him because they did not belong to his sheep. The metaphor of a shepherd is commonly used in the Old Testament to refer to the leader of Israel, the one who guides the Israelites, who knows and guides the people. And the hope is that one day God will serve as the shepherd. Throughout the chapter that we're reflecting on today, Jesus is considered the good shepherd who cares for and protects the sheep. Unlike the bad shepherd that we can read about in chapter 34 of the prophet Ezekiel, Jesus strengthens the weak, heals the sick, binds up the injured, and saves the strays. He's willing to sacrifice everything, including himself, for them so that none of his sheep will be snatched from his hand. Jesus is totally committed to his followers, so they can trust that he will lead them to a place of peace and safety and abundance if they listen to his voice. But we can't hear Jesus's voice unless we are given to Jesus by God. We don't make Jesus our shepherd, Christ, makes us his sheep. Through the work of his crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus has made it possible for us to experience forgiveness, restoration of our relationship with God, and eternal life. If we accept his offer of salvation, repent or turn away from the destructive choices of our life, and choose to follow Christ's teachings, we can become members of Christ's flock. We'll have the personal experience of Christ that allows us to go beyond simply hearing reports about Jesus and actually knowing him. This is what the early prophets had to do before they could understand who Jesus was and even believe that Jesus had risen. As we discussed in the last two weeks, the followers of Jesus could not accept the reports of Christ's resurrection based solely on the reports of others that they had experienced Christ because each apostle and each disciple had to experience Christ for himself or herself. When Mary Magdalene informed the disciples that she had seen Jesus in the empty tomb, they didn't believe her. It wasn't yet until he appeared to them in the upper room when they had their own personal encounter the risen Christ, that they believed that he was the Messiah or the Son of God. When Thomas, who heard from the others who had appeared to them when Thomas was absent, he wouldn't believe that their account either until he also had his own personal experience with the risen Christ. 
It's a hard thing to accept at face value based on someone else's experience. So it makes sense that each of us need our own personal experience of a living Christ in order to have faith with real depth. But our experience with the risen Christ comes in a much different form than the first disciples. They were able to physically see Jesus, hear his voice, and share food with him after he had risen. Our experience today is much more spiritual and perhaps more difficult to clearly attribute to Jesus himself. Without the same kind of concrete interactions that the first disciples had, our understanding of Christ requires more collaborative discernment. By being part of a larger group, the church, the body of Christ, or the sheepfold, we can share our experiences and gain a better understanding of our spiritual experiences with Christ. It's kind of like building a video image with pixels or small light elements on a screen. My kids gave me a, a game last Christmas, or the one before actually. It has lots of different kinds of puzzles on it. And one type of puzzle involves trying to guess what a picture is based on the fewest number of pixels. The puzzle starts with a blank screen and a, a list of possible titles appear, like an ant or a car or, or a bicycle. And then once the puzzle starts, the timer will start and the screen starts to be populated with pixels for the image. And slowly different colors start to appear and then lines become more apparent. And when colors show up, there's contrast and the picture starts to become obvious. And the quicker you guess what the image is with the fewest number of pixels, the better your score. Trying to understand an individual's spiritual experience in isolation from everyone else is like trying to base a picture on just one pixel. There's limited color and there's no way to identify any shapes. And we, as we have more spiritual experiences, we can add more pixels to the image but there's still little contrast and it's difficult to discern an image until we come together as the body of Christ in a faith tradition where we have a rich variety of experiences to share from. These experiences add color and contrast to the image along with hints that may have come from others who have studied spirituality from different perspectives over long periods of time. By reflecting on our experiences as well as scripture, the traditions of our faith community, and our understanding of the world around us, we can get a clearer understanding of Christ and the message that Christ has for our lives. And if we have a good image of Christ, we will have a good image of God. This message was the last statement in today's passage. And it's an important point, especially in the Gospel of John. Jesus told the listeners in the temple that he and the Father are one. There it's for its importance to reflect on the messages of Jesus if we want to follow the will of God. Everything Jesus did was for the pleasure of God, and everything he said came from the heart and mind of God. Similarly, this unity of being between Jesus and God is expected to be mirrored 
by the followers of Jesus with him. So listening to Jesus and following him is the same as listening to and following God. The image we develop of Jesus is the same as having an image of God. Just as Jesus was patient with his followers as they tried to understand who he was, God is patient with us. God is constantly extending an invitation for us to become a part of God's flock. When we accept that invitation and live our lives in a way that is consistent with Christ's teaching, God reveals Jesus to us so that we can hear his voice and follow his lead. And by coming together as Christ's flock with a common purpose of following the voice of Jesus, we gain a better understanding of who Jesus really is. So I encourage you this morning to accept the opportunity to restore and refresh your relationship with God. Seize the chance to become part of Christ's flock and come together in community as the body of Christ so that we can all learn and grow. Share that image of God that exists within each and one, every one of us, so that the fullness of Christ is revealed in this world, and the good news, that gospel message, can be revealed by us. By living our lives in response to the voice of Jesus, we can reflect the insights that God has given us to others. And together, we can build a community that proclaims Christ's message to all God's children. Christ has arisen, defeated death, and offers salvation to all who accept his invitation. Amen.